You're listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Behrens, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Behrens, 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Tactical Kitchen Show. That was way too normal. Absolutely 100% normal. What's not normal is we're doing this a day early. Right. We usually skirt by and do this on Monday after our long run. Yep. So we're doing this on Sunday. So tomorrow you'll be listening to it in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Man, technology is crazy. I know. It's so funny. But, but uh, you know, we're doing this early because I'm, I'm going on the road, got a conference to go to, so we're knocking it out today. Uh, but we got some big stuff to talk about that we did this week. We do? Yes, do we, we do absolutely some big stuff? do. Okay, we did some, yeah, we, we did, did some, some big stuff. stuff. Um, I got a coronary artery calcium scan. It was kind of a big deal. It was kind of a big deal. <laughs> it's actually not, I mean, getting it done is absolutely 100% not a big deal. It's really easy. Um I, it's kind of weird that we put it off this long since we talked about it so much. I just didn't know that it was so easy to get done. I think that was the thing. I'd hear people talk about coronary artery scan, mm-hmm. and it just seemed like, or coronary uh, artery calcium, calcium scan. Screen, yeah, screening. And so I didn't, I didn't really know what the test was for a long time, or if you had to get a doctor referral, which would have been pretty easy for us. But I know that's difficult for some people. And I didn't know how cheap that it actually was. Right. I, I, we talked to somebody that got it done for $50. Uh, we paid $100. Uh, we, we got scammed. Totally scammed. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we just drove down to our uh, local hospital, and they did it. It took about 15 minutes, maybe? Yeah, it was so easy. So maybe, well, what I did was I called and made sure you didn't need a doctor's referral we picked a location close to us that did them. We called, made the appointment, got in really easily and pretty... Like, yeah, a couple of days. A couple of days. The The one thing that you do have to do for the test in preparation is not have caffeine for eight hours. Mm-hmm. And so luckily your test was in the late afternoon, so we could still have coffee in the morning, which right. was really important. <laughs> And so why don't you tell them like actually what the experience was of going in there and having it done? Yeah, it's really easy. If, you, if you'd if you ever ever had an MRI, then it's it's similar, but not as, um, the machine's not as big, but it has the, the circle thing that you, they kind of slide you into. You know, you lay down mm-hmm. on a board um, and you walk in and they put a couple, uh, a little, you know, monitors on you mm-hmm. and they slide you in there and you have to hold your breath for like 15 seconds a couple times. Um, it it takes about five minutes really in the machine and then you're out. It took me a little longer because they kept coming in and, and adjusting the little pads. Yeah. And uh, the guy came in and he's like, I, I'm adjusting these because uh, every time you hold your breath, uh, your heartbeat goes to zero. And I told him, <laughs> I was like, well, dude, you didn't tell me not to stop my heartbeat. I'm a ninja. I, I didn't disclose that information up front. 
And when, when so ninjas funny. hold their breath, their heartbeat stops. You didn't know that? Yeah. Okay, I'll not do that again. Don't do that anymore. So so anyway, it, you know, it only took a couple minutes, and then we were out of there. We didn't get the results immediately, but we got them the next day. Yeah, because it's like a 3D scan, right? Right, and it has to, it has to process. Kind of like a photo from long ago. <laughs> so when you would take your pictures to the photo mat. No, they only have dial-up, and it's like... <laughs> Right. So, yeah, it actually takes a picture or it takes a screen. It's a screening Mm -hmm. and a 3D model of the arteries leading into the heart that that are attached to the heart. Right. And and I'm not super technical on all this, but it shows if you have any calcium buildup in those arteries. And that's one of the best ways to know if you're at a future risk or a, a, a very like near risk for heart disease and heart attack. Mm-hmm. So the more buildup you have, the more like you need to get your diet on track. Now, the, there is kind of a, a catch to this because going into it, you're like, well, I, you know, I hope I don't have any. But if I do have some, you're going to have to get it done again because you want to know in which direction you're trending. Right. Is your diet making it go, making your calcium buildup less or more? Now, yeah, right. And now we didn't have that problem because my score came back as a whopping zero that's like i was so excited (laughs) i mean that was just because how many people have said to us because we eat meat only animal products only have said to us i'd love to see what your arteries look like i mean that's what we get all the time and i know a lot of you guys get that too yeah, and it's and you know I, I see this in in forums that are supposed to be health forums and ran by mostly doctors. You always get that they're posting to cut back on red meat and saturated fat because it clogs your arteries. Because it clogs your arteries, and then when uh, we talk about cholesterol, we've talked about this before. My cholesterol is usually over four hundred when they when it comes back on a normal scan, not on a NMR lipid profile that digs deeper and you can see what your actual cholesterol numbers are. But on a standard cholesterol panel at a doctor's office. It's, it's 400, 465, it's ultra high, and people freak out. Right. But then now you match that with this CAC, this CAC scan mm-hmm. score, yep. and you have a zero buildup. So that is so contradictory for so many people in their mind mm-hmm. that you can eat the amount of saturated fat that we do in red meat, eggs, and you know all the different animal products, pork, all those things. And then we, you come back and you have zero buildup in your arteries. So it, it's, it's really hard for people to wrap their mind around the fact that you can eat this saturated fat that has such a bad reputation and actually have clean and clear, beautifully open arteries. Yeah. And so it's like a, you can just grab somebody and slap them in the face and go, no. That's wrong. Well, so many people have said, like, and no joke, people are not kind. They will say, you're going to be dead in 10 years. Oh, yeah. We, we get that um, all the time. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Or, or, you know, no offense if you're a nurse or a surgical nurse who works in, you know, the medical field and maybe assist a, a cardiologist, but how many cardiologists, nurses have said, and we've had more than one who have said, I've seen the inside of arteries and it's full of saturated fat. It's not full of saturated it's fat. It's not. It's so, full of the cholesterol, which is a band-aid to cure what the sugar did. And this goes back to what we always talk about. Don't blame the meat for what the sugar did, okay? 
Because again, when, when people go to a restaurant and they say, you know, well, I had a steak, what they don't disclose was the bread they had before the steak or the dessert they had after the steak. And the potatoes. And the and, potatoes. You know, the hundred other things that go along with that. The alcohol. All the, the things. The alcohol. <laughs> you know, the, the copious amounts of red wine because it's healthy. Right. Yeah. And, when it's not. And, you know, looking at that and then you, you see that we all we've been eating all you, especially like I've played around with mine a little, but for you, for a year and a half, for 20 months, mm-hmm. you've eaten primarily red meat, eggs, and pork. And a lot of bacon. Well, uh, well that's yeah, pork. pork, yeah. Lots and lots and lots of bacon. Like I meal prepped for you this morning for your trip, and you have ribeyes, eggs, boiled eggs, and a mound of bacon. Yeah. And we'll get into, we'll start talking about that as well. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that. But it's just so interesting how people will say, when you're doing a carnivore diet, will you feel, you'll say, oh, will you feel good? And they'll say, you look good and all these things, but you don't really know what's going on on the inside. Yes, that's the one. So this test, if you're in an area where you can... Find out where an imaging center is, a place where they do MRIs. You can just look this stuff up. Oh, that's another thing we're going to talk about is how to look things up on the internet right now. Oh, yeah. But we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> so if you look up and find coronary artery calcium score or scan and find a place near you that does it and call and make an appointment, and, and especially if you're doing this type of diet, just so you have the peace of mind that this is working for you, this is one of the best tests that Dr. Ken Berry says that, especially if you're a man over 40, that you need to have. Right. Now, remember, if you just started this, say you're 30 days into a carnivore or keto diet and you get one of these done, uh, know that you're going to have to get another one done probably six months down the road. Yeah. I would say it would not be terrible for someone who's doing this to especially starting out and coming from a sad diet to do this every six months at first until you see that the trend is going in the right direction. Right. Now, if it comes back as a, a, a whopping zero like mine did, then, hey, you're, you're good to go. No worries. You know, just keep doing what you're doing. Like I said, we've been doing, uh, you know, keto for over four years and carnivore for the last 20 months, and I have have zero buildup. So if I was going to have any, it would have happened by now. Right. It so, would have definitely clogged those bad boys up. So I, I think we're okay. <laughs> because we don't spare the fat. Like the ribeyes that I try to find have so much fat. And then if I cook them in a pan, and I hope you guys do the same thing, I pour all that fat in the pan over the steaks because you get a lot of nutrition from that fat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Yeah. that's the thing you need to do. Focus on trying to get one of these coronary artery calcium scans. Yep, it will definitely uh, give you some peace of mind or just give you an idea of of how you're doing. Um, The other thing we were talking about when Melody brought up, um, you know, getting on the Internet and and Googling something. That seems to be the, the, you know, synonymous word with getting on the Internet is Googling something. Well, there's some, some bad news about Google. Bad news. So... I was I stumbled across this. I had no idea what people were talking about. Um, I kept seeing people talk about DuckDuckGo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, what the heck is DuckDuckGo? And what are they talking about? <laughs> and so come to find out, there was a post that Sean Baker did on his Instagram, and you can go see that on Instagram, um, about how Google is suppressing the visibility of certain health websites like 
uh, Rob Wolf and um, Joe Mercola. Yeah, yeah Mercola. Crazy Paleo, Joe. Uh, some of the paleo sites, uh, Dr. Wheel, like all these different websites that are focused on real food and real health and don't demonize saturated fat. And the trend for how visible they are was like, it was dropping anywhere from 50% to 99%. They were suppressed from being seen in your Google search. Right. And they were and they were advocating for the Mayo Clinic or a WebMD. So ironically, Mayo Clinic and WebMD, Mayo Clinic's visibility was up 50% and WebMD's was up 30-something percent. Right. And, and this goes back to don't listen to the people that made you sick. And the Mayo Clinic, I've been on their site quite a bit because I'll get that. People will say, well, the Mayo Clinic says, and so i got to go to the Mayo Clinic website and read their stupid research that they had. feel dumber for having read it. Yeah, I feel dumber (laughs) for having read it. They're giving you the same advice they've been giving you for the past 50 years that's caused the explosion of of diabetes and um, chronic illness in the the world, not just the United States, all over the world. So this goes back to don't listen to the people that made you sick. Right. And there, you know, there's a huge vegan push right now. We Mm. know that there's a huge plant-based push and we see it everywhere from, you know, in colleges and even in elementary, middle school, high school, there's some vegan push there and it's going to happen because you're going to see it in the school lunches and all these things. But now we're seeing it in the NFL players. Oh yes. And we, you have to push back. Like Say that you 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 take your, your kid to daycare or school and they're gonna they're gonna do like a meatless Monday, something that that simple, or they're gonna cut back on beef. You need to push back because you need to point out that hey, you know, red meat is the most bioavailable nutrient dense food on the planet for humans. So they need to know that. Don't just don't just let it happen. Right. So we see this trend and then that kind of ties into the Google searches that you're doing. Right. Because every time you're searching keto or carnivore, they're getting this information and then they're suppressing the websites that can be seen. They're hiding them. They're limiting their visibility. Yeah. And, and what they're doing is they're, they're, they're trying to quell the spread of the information of, the, of keto diet and how it really works. Right. So you might search keto, and if you're on Google, you might get a lot of the negatives about keto. Right. Rather than the positive information about the, keto. Yeah. The, the plant-based propaganda machine is very well-funded. And so this brings us to what in the heck is DuckDuckGo? <laughs> so I still don't really know, but I know it's a search engine. It's just I can another just tell you that. search engine. I still use Netscape, so, you know. You're so... You're so ancient. I'm kidding. I know. I kid. I still use AOL dial-up. Now, <laughs> you've got mail. So I would. I do wish it still said that. I miss that. And I, I'm glad it mail. doesn't because there's so much spam now. It would I be know. talking all day long. It would never shut up. Oh, my God. So DuckDuckGo is a search engine that you can go to and you can actually on your phone select how to have that as your primary search engine. And the reason why that's important is a lot of the keto carnivore community has switched to that because it is private and they don't gather your information and suppress websites that have that information for you and limit their visibility. And that's super important. So we all need to band together and duck, duck, go. Yes. Now, (laughs) now, a good example of this is the last week, I, I know everybody has saw it, the Amazon is on fire. 
the forest is burning. And th- that's a bad thing in general. Okay? Well, the sad thing is that when you said the a- that Amazon was on fire, I heard the that Amazon was on fire, not the Amazon. And I thought, <laughs> Amazon's on fire. Like, the, the company? I mean, that's I how sad. People. I'm going to need my stuff. <laughs> so the Amazon's been on fire, and, and there's a huge push out there to say it's because of meat. And this is... This is hysteria to like the nth degree. Okay, so they're, what they're when what they're saying is is it, they're burning the Amazon so they can raise more meat. And number one, that's not true. But number two is what's going to happen is is there's going to be these articles that are written about that, and that's going to start showing up in your news feed. And you know, if you use Google or Yahoo, Yahoo's one of the worst as well. They're going to start putting that up top. So they're trying to convince people that meat is bad. They're just pushing this same message over and over and over again. Right. And for all of us who are in the U.S. and who buy USA domesticated beef, um, we're not getting our beef from Brazil, so we're okay. We're not part of this problem with them. I know Brazil is a huge producer of exported beef, Mm -hmm. and that's why people are pinning this on, like, the beef and the Amazon on fire together. But most of us are purchasing our beef locally or at least within the U.S. So that's not part of our... That's not even part of the problem. Right. And when you start looking at the, our food system, and we've talked about this before, again, there's nothing more sustainable than locally grown meat. You know, when you get your almond from California, your avocados from Mexico, your, your blueberries from Siberia, um, you know, right. most of, most of the, uh, the spinach and all that stuff comes from California, okay? So that's not sustainable where, mo- you know, meat can be grown pretty much across the United States in certain areas. There's a lot of pasture land for meat to grow. There's not as much agricultural land to grow plants, and that's, that's easily Google, Googleable. Yeah, or DuckDuckGoable. <laughs> and so also, we were talking about this, the idea that you can burn down a rainforest and turn it into pasture land. I think that we would want to hear from Peter Ballerstead on this topic because I don't even think that that's possible. I don't. Number I don't one. know. Yeah, I don't know, but I don't. I don't think you can just mow the trees down and then, and then say this is now pasture land. Yeah, I don't think it works that way. Yeah, because you know we've talked about it before. Especially Peter Ballerstead knows so much about this about how much land is arable for you know regular agriculture and how much land is is just pasture land. And most of the, the pasture land, you can't just turn it into cropland. It does not work that way. No, it doesn't. It, it, and vice versa, you can't take some other type of land, turn it into pasture land, you know, like a rainforest. Right. I don't think it works that way. I, I, I mean, that's just my my I'm uneducated opinion on that. Yeah, I, I can't really, you know, I, I tried to do some reading on the whole, you know, why the Amazon was burning. It was intentional. It wasn't like it was an accident. They're, they're burning it on purpose. But I couldn't really dig into if it was more of they were going to raise crops or going to build more, you know, industry. Well, what was it we saw? You you just showed me a few minutes ago. That speaking of Dr. Peter Ballerstead, he he's always posting something very informative or even funny about these topics. <laughs> yeah, it was it was how uh, the new younger super yacht owners are more aware of the climate crisis. Well, okay. Was that a magazine? Because it looked like it was a magazine. It looked like it was some was, kind of magazine. He was reading. Yeah. I know he travels a lot, so maybe he saw that in a magazine. But just the, just, just the headline: new, like young super yacht owners. Right. Okay, so 
Super yachts. Super yachts. And then b- below it, he had uh, how much diesel a super yacht used per hour, and it was 500 liters per hour. So that's a little bit of That's gas. very environmentally friendly. Oh, yeah. I'm going to tool around in my super yacht and eat my uh, Serbian blueberries, my Argentinian raspberries, my Mexican you strawberries, know, and my Californian th- The amount of al- pollution almonds. that comes out of a boat, uh, whether it's a regular bass boat or any boat that you put in the water and turn it on, the amount of pollution that comes out is a lot. It's a lot. Just if you go to the lake and you're around just a regular, regular boat, like you can smell the gas. So, you know, and see the oil on the water. You can't, you, you know, you can't be the, the super yacht owner who's aware of the climate crisis and still be polluting the ocean and the lakes because that's exactly what you're doing. Now, I'm not saying, you know, don't go fishing or don't go out on your boat. Um, I don't, but, you know, you're putting a lot of oil and gas into the lakes. And just a heads up, that's not good. Right. That's, I know. That's not going to bode well in the future for people who, who uh, our lakes and rivers are, at the rate we're going, are going to be unusable in the, in the very near future. Right. And when we were talking about, like, you know, all that, all the lakes, the boats, the transportation and everything, and we mentioned where people get all these different foods for a vegan diet, I've been seeing a lot of stuff about a particular fruit called jackfruit, and people are using that in the vegan community to simulate pulled pork. Just eat your fruit, man. Stop trying to make it look like meat. <laughs> Every, but, everything in the vegan community is simulated. Yeah, so like we talked about the just eggs, yeah. and it had no eggs in it anyway. So jackfruit, guess where jackfruit comes from? Um, I don't know. It comes from the rainforest of India. And, or it comes from India all the way to the rainforest of Borneo, rather. So that's not local. No. So getting that into the United States is not environmentally friendly. And then that's not even touching on the workers who are harvesting this and how they're treated, what they're paid, what their conditions are. I'm just saying, there's a lot of like highfalutin people t- touting the vegan diet, and it people think it's so friendly, so environmentally good. Let's save the animals, but people are good at probably in these situations are not being treated well. But who cares about the people, right? As long as the cow didn't get killed, that's where I think we've gotten, and it's scary. Yeah. So that fruit is going to have to be harvested. It's going to be put on a truck. It's going to be moved. It's going to be put on an airplane or a boat. And then it's going to be transported to the next port. And from that port, it's going to be put on another truck and driven another so many miles to where it's it's going. And, oh, by the way, it's most likely going to be refrigerated the entire time. Right. So none of that is going to work out good for the environment. Okay? So when you start comparing, uh, you know, the jackfruit or jackrabbit fruit, whatever it is. Jackfruit. You know, and and bringing it all the way to the U.S. and comparing to that to the meat that we buy that's from Texas – which one is more environmentally friendly, really? Yeah, I know. It's just really like, I know all of you guys listening pretty much know this, but it's just sort of a rant when we start seeing all these things happening. And, you you know, we, we just saw this week that Cam Newton out with an injury. Cam Newton. He's which, a vegan now. Yeah. So we, I saw a video, or we saw a video earlier in the year about how he went vegan. And I said right at that time, I was like, he is going to be hurt. He's not going to finish the season. And I, and I figured it would maybe, maybe be midway through the season. It, it hadn't even started yet. He's already hurt with a with a un... Uh, a non-contact injury. Non-contact, like undiagnosed, like his foot's hurt. Like, okay. 
So it's hard to be a superior athlete and be on a malnutrition diet. Right. And so the Tennessee Titans are the ones that are doing the film The Game Changer, right? Yeah, like 15 players from the Titans went vegan. And so they're going to be using things like jackfruit fruit mm-hmm. to simulate pulled pork, ground beef, all these things like shredded meat because it has that texture that you can make it dry out and feel like shredded meat. So these people are, are going to be eating this, which comes from India and Borneo, real close. Yeah. And then they're going to be playing football, and they're going to all end up injured. That's just my prediction. Well, what, what's funny is is the, the the lead guy, Derek Morgan, who, who was a receiver, was the one that kind of started this whole thing, already had to retire due to injuries. Like, he already had to quit because his body couldn't keep up. And that's amazing because these are people who, like, their livelihood is sports. And and they're eating food that, not that all the vegan food is bad for you. It's just the lack of the protein, nutrition, and, you know, the, the nutrition from the protein and the, all the healthy fats together. You've just built an environment now where you have so much carbohydrate in your body that it's it breaks down. It just breaks down your joints and your cartilage. Right. So that's where these injuries are coming from. That's where you're going to see somebody running and just tear their ACL and, and, with like no one touching them. Right. And I've been saying that for years. The the non-contact ACL rupture, which happens a lot in the NFL and college, is all due to a high carb diet. Because when you don't when you eat a high carb diet, you don't get vitamin C into your system. When you don't get vitamin C into your system, you can't make strong joints. And then your joints are going to be weak and they're just going to deteriorate and and you're going to plant and it's going to explode and that's what happens. Okay, and let's touch on that real quick because if somebody hasn't gone back and binge listened to everything we've ever said. (laughs) (laughs) So the reason why you wouldn't get vitamin C if you're eating this type of diet is because that same receptor on your cells that takes in glucose also takes in the vitamin C and so they fight with each other, the vitamin C and the glucose. When you have more glucose, glucose wins. So vitamin C gets left out. So then you have a breakdown in the system there. And that's called the glucose vitamin C antagonist. It's We have a podcast about it. You can go find. Right. I can't remember which one. Just yeah, go so, listen to all of them. So, you know, if you're, if you're raising athletes or you're an athlete, then, you know, having a more primarily meat-based diet is going to cause, cause you to have stronger joints. Right. So you'll have more longevity in whatever sport you're playing, soccer, football, swimming, doesn't matter. Um, but one of the things we can talk about, we can get a little more instructional now instead of less, maybe less ranty. Less um, rant. Uh-huh. So, so uh, we mentioned that I'm traveling this week, so I'm going down to San Antonio for a conference. And you, you got to do actual work this week. I got to do you know actual work with other individuals, see people face to face, kind of He's stuff. He's going to have to play well with others. <laughs> it's not going to work out. I'm saying right now. Um, <laughs> So, uh, you know, we did some meal prepping because people, you know, all the time talk about what do I do on the road or I travel all the time, you know, what can I do, you know, for food? And so we meal prepped. Yeah. Melody did this morning for me, which was great. And uh, I'm going to take... Everyone should have a melody. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I'm just going to pat myself on the back right now. (laughs) So I'm going to be gone about uh, four or five days and I'm just taking... Eggs, bacon, and steak. We just pre-cooked a bunch of that, and yeah. we're taking it with me. Yeah, eggs, a, a big thing of eggs, a, just oven-boiled eggs, easy, easy. Um, a whole bunch of bacon, bacon already cooked, and some steaks that I cooked this morning. And then you can take some pork rinds, 
for snacks, and we do the keto cream every morning in our coffee. And I always post about that on Instagram. If anybody has questions about what it is or what it does, it's just a fat coffee. That's the, that's one of the things that wouldn't be considered carnivore on our little list of foods that we consume. But there's not a lot. Most of our non-carnivore things are involved with our coffee. <laughs> right. And it's the keto cream. We use exogenous ketones. We've also experimented a little bit this week with a few things. But the meal prep. Don't overcomplicate it. Right. I mean, you can you can boil some eggs and cook some bacon and just throw it in a container and take it with you. And you can get days of food out of that. And, you know, I haven't talked about just taking maybe extra uh, keto cream and just skipping another meal. Just doing one meal a day while I'm there because they usually cater in lunch and it's usually the same crap. It's pasta with lean chicken and some and some vegetables. And that's that's it. It's like really... Not good, cheap food. Yeah. Well, when you're feeding a bunch of guys, well, you, you know. When you're feeding a group of anybody, that's usually what they do. Yeah. So I, I would much, much rather skip that meal and maybe do a fat coffee than eat that food. And it's so cool that you can skip that meal easily. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people can't do that until they get fat adapted. So... It's, it's beneficial to be fat adapted when you're in a situation like that and you can just be like, yeah, I don't need to eat. Right. It makes it right. easy. I just, people, and people ask me, aren't you eating? And I will say, no, nah, I don't eat that crap. Steve's and, not, not, he doesn't <laughs> sugarcoat it at all. <laughs> well, again, when you've seen the, the health benefits that we've seen and, um, you know, you feel the way you feel and everything's going in the right direction, don't, don't be afraid to... Uh, talk about what you do and what you don't do. Yeah, I know. It's it's because you're inspiring somebody out there. There's going to be the group of people who are always going to say, oh my gosh, you're going to die <laughs> yep. because you ate a hamburger, but you skipped the bun. So now you're going to die. But that same person might watch you for a while and then see your progress and see you post about your test results and things like that and that you're getting healthy, you look great, you feel great, and that's going to be inspiring. And eventually, they're going to break. Sooner or later, <laughs> they're going to come around and, they're, and they're, they might be watching in the wings, you know, and yeah. then they're going to come around and, and they're going to step forward and say, hey, can you help me? I want to do this. Can you help me? And, you know, most of you listening to this podcast have enough experience and information to go and help other people. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So uh, something that Melody's doing this week while I'm gone is she is she's kind of taking on training of of somebody else that that asks for help. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I have somebody that wants to come out to the house and do some workouts, and so uh, she's going to come tomorrow, and I'm going to start showing her how to just do some basics like some squats and some deadlifts and. We're going to get strong. That's what the goal is. I love it when somebody says to me, I just want to get strong. Yep. Now, when you can get somebody off of the uh, the cardio hamster wheel and get them to throwing around weights and barbells, their their life will change. Oh, yeah. Everything changes. Because you feel so empowered. And I know, you know, a lot of guys, they grow up lifting weights. But girls, especially in their 40s, like, you know, late 40s like me, lifting weights wasn't a thing for girls. They didn't really promote that, and it wasn't it wasn't something that you had a lot of access to unless you, 
you know, went to the gym on your own and kind of discovered it by yourself. Mm -hmm. Most everyone did a lot of cardio. Yep, because they were convinced that was the way to lose weight. And that goes back to the stupid calories in, calories out, just burn calories. Yeah, so that you you get on the treadmill and you burn the calories you ate and try to burn a little more, Mm -hmm. in which you can never be precise on any of that. But when you start lifting a barbell up, all of a sudden you don't feel like... Oh, you well, you discover it. You're like, oh, I feel empowered. Well, I feel strong. Then you start building muscle, and and then you're like, wow, I have muscles. People who who didn't think they would ever have muscle in their in their life start putting on muscle when they start throwing barbells and and picking up weights and putting them back down, and doing something as simple as just farmer carries, just carrying weights around for as far as you can, and then putting them back down. Yeah, it does not have to be super complicated. No, it doesn't. But it can get complicated if you want it to. Oh, yeah, absolutely, 100%. <laughs> it can totally get complicated. So, like Olympic lifting. Yeah, and as, Melody's getting some coaching on her Olympic lifting from somebody. I feel like it's the universe kind of circling, coming full circle. So, I don't even know how this happened. I really don't. But I had the most cool thing happen to me a couple of weeks ago. And I... For anybody listening, and maybe if she's listening, I am a huge fan of Mary Beth Protomitis. Yeah, Protomitis. And I'm always afraid to say her last name. I'm afraid I'm (laughs) going to screw it up. But she's a four-time CrossFit Masters champion, and she's come in second place twice. She's, like, amazing. And so I've hit her up a couple of times about maybe doing our podcast and just it did never work out um but it's going to and all of a sudden like she just messaged me on instagram and said how about you send me some videos of your lifts and i'm gonna i'll I'll help you out i'm not she said i'm not an expert and i was like what you're totally an expert (laughs) so i've got this opportunity where i have someone who is not just like a nobody athlete she's amazing i'm a huge fan i'm just like i walked around like a little kid for days just like i would just look at you and go oh my god <laughs> and so i'm sending her videos and she's helping me correct my olympic lifts and you know I, i'm like whatever i can do for you you just let me know and she's like no it's just my pleasure to do this for you and i'm like what what this is amazing so I feel like now it's my turn to give that to someone else. And that's just how the universe seems to work, you know. I think when you when you give, it comes full circle. It does. You know, I, and that's just something special that happened to me this week that I'm super excited about. Plus, I got a new barbell. <laughs> yes, we finally broke down. I got tired of hearing Melody, barbell, barbell, barbell. I need a new barbell, barbell, barbell. I'm like, let's just go buy one. I'm, I just, just Let's go buy one right now. So, so every time you, you, do you want to eat barbell? (laughs) Do you want any coffee barbell? Oh, yes. I was, I was worn down. I don't think that's true. No. I didn't say it that much. You only mentioned a couple thousand times. Yeah, just. Maybe every time you picked up the barbell. If I just had a smaller barbell. If I had the women's barbell, my snatch and my clean would be great. Well, well, actually, when we went to go look at barbells, we actually realized that the one we had was not the standard size. It was it was a thirty millimeter, not the twenty eight millimeter. My hands are super small. <laughs> Melody has little bitty baby doll hands, so um, it probably was pretty hard to pick that bar up. Somebody with man hands doesn't know. They don't know how hard <laughs> it is. You're right. You're right. I have no idea. 
I'm like, my hand fits around it fine. What's I'm the like, big deal? I try to use the hook grip and clamp my thumb down, and I'm like, I'm breaking my my thumbs are going to be like super long. I'm stretching them out of the joints. So uh, something else we we uh, done this week because you know we're always we're always we're never satisfied. We're always messing with something, trying to experiment. We uh, you know we we had taken out taken out all the dairy joints were feeling great. Everything was going along fine. Uh, we were training a little harder and. Uh, I, I decided decided to add some UCAN. Yeah. So UCAN, it's just a um, it's just a supplement. It's a starch based. Yeah. So a lot of endurance athletes who are keto or athletes period who are keto who do CrossFit things like that use that UCAN starch because it's a resistant starch that doesn't spike your insulin. It doesn't it doesn't cause you to go out of ketosis or anything like that. It's just a clean energy source. Now it is corn derived. So for anyone with corn allergy or corn, you know, intolerance of any kind, don't use it or test it. Don't, you know, don't just go put it in your cup and think everything's going to be great. Well, so, we, you know, we'd heard about it and uh, we actually, you know, had it as before, but we were eating so clean because, again, we felt so, so good. And then, you know, you want to see, well, maybe now can I add this in and, and see if it has positive or, or negative effects. And I probably added in half a scoop. Mm-hmm. Into yeah, into a ketone drink. I did not feel. I'm gonna say I did not feel like a, a, any like huge energy burst during during a workout. But I also did not feel any joint pain uh, associated with using the product. No, I didn't have any problem with the you can starch. No digestive issues. No no sugar spike or crash. Um, I didn't really, I, I did notice that I, I had a little more gas for... Was that, it was like running or just gas no, in general? <laughs> no, not gas, not flatulence, like actual, like I could go for a longer workout, okay? Um, so I didn't use it, I used it uh, a few times this week and it, it, everything seemed to be great with it. It didn't bother me, I didn't have any, I, I always watch for the bloating, Bloating and right. digestive issues, because that's where it's going to hit me. It reminds me of something that happened to me this week. I was doing a doing an assessment test on some young guys, and they were doing pull ups. And this one kid, every time he pulled up, he farted. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and I told him those didn't count because he couldn't use assistance. <laughs> oh anyway, my god, anyway, that's so funny. All right, back to putting you know crazy stuff in our drinks. I um, hope you guys laughed with us on that one. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Fart jokes are always funny. Um, He's 12. Yep. So, uh, you know, didn't see any uh, negative joint pain, which for me, I was like, okay, that's good. I, I'm, that, that's a positive thing. Then a couple days later, we added in, uh, added back in more butter. Okay. Yeah. Because I was like training a little harder. I feel like our steaks were kind of lean yeah. and I wasn't getting enough fat. I, I just feel the like little bit of lack of energy if I'm not getting enough fat. So... I thought, well, I'll add a little Kerrygold butter. I love Kerrygold butter. But I think when I did that, I, I didn't feel as awesome as I thought I was going to. Well, it has I, a little dairy in it. It has a little dairy in it. And I got, I I had some, not, not straight up knee pain, but what happened is, is the knee starts to get uh, less, it gets restrictive. Like it doesn't bend as well. Um, and I went through years of not being able to straighten my uh, left leg. I couldn't straighten it all the way, and now I can. So my indicator is is when when my knee goes back to I can't straighten it, then I know there's some inflammation. Right, and so for me, 
it's hard for me to tell if this was the butter or not because I do so many stupid things. <laughs> so Friday <laughs> we did the sprints. Yep. And you were like, well, if you, you know, I was asking you about what I should be doing for my sprints because I've really tried to take instruction on my running. I'm trying to be so coachable right now. I just say, yes, okay, I'll do that. And so I was trying to do one sprint at least at 100% output. Well, I did. I got a 20-second sprint, which was pretty cool for me because I'm slow like a turtle. And then the next day, my or like yesterday, I woke up and I had the glute that hamstring tendonitis burning feeling mm-hmm. again. And I don't know if it was from straining from the run because I tried to change my run form a little bit on the sprint or the butter or the both of those things. I and think, it's hard to tell. I think for me it was adding in the just extra amount of butter. And that was, it wasn't a whole lot. It's like, I, I you know, a couple of tabs of butter at dinner on the steak. It wasn't like a ton of butter. Is tabs, is that like an like actual measure? a tablespoon? A tablespoon? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I like tabs. A little tab of butter. That. You know, when you go to the barbecue place and they give you little tabs of butter. Yeah. You know. I'm going to start using that in recipes for people. You're just going to use a couple of tabs of yep. butter. That's the way it works. If you're, if you're a man cooking, that's exactly what you do. So, so my, you know, my knee felt, it felt a little restricted. And then I I was like, all right, I'm cutting it back out no more. And now it's not. So, you know, when you do a lot of stuff, like add a little bit back into your diet and then you have a hard workout because I did the same thing. We did sprints and I did 16, you know, hundred meter sprints and I was pushing on it trying to really, you know, trying to really explode and then come down, come down hard on the ground. Cause if you're sprinting, you're coming down pretty hard. Um, which for me is difficult because of knee pain, but I was doing it. Um, I paid for it though. I, you know, same thing, calf strain. Yeah. yeah mine, mine was just, it felt a little strained. And so we just took yesterday off. Yeah. I'm not happy about that, but you have to <laughs> listen to your body and you have to pay attention to the signals that are telling you, Hey, you should really not work out today. Yep. I call those forced days off. Like, you know, your body's like, yeah, you're not working out today. Too bad. Sorry. So we had that happen. It's hard to tell if it was for me, hard to tell if it was the butter or just the really hard workout or the combo of the two, but I took the butter back out and I'm just going to go without it and use ghee instead. Yeah. Some, something else we added in, and this has positive effects that we've noticed, is adding uh, adding liver back in. So I was wanting liver so bad again. It's so weird because I hate liver. <laughs> I thought I hated liver, but you know we got it a while back, and there was there's something that I've noticed the two times we've had it. So coming from someone who's had some sleep issues in the recent past, sleep has become like I'm all about the sleep. And when we had liver before, I, kn- I wrote down the next day how well that I slept. And I thought, well, that was just probably a fluke. You know, I slept like nine hours. We had liver Friday night. I know that's everyone's choice for a Friday night meal <laughs> is beef liver. And so we had that with our steak. And that night I slept from 10 o'clock until 8 o'clock the next morning. And I don't know. if this is... Oh, there's the train. We've had the people driving by with the loud engines this morning. Yeah, you know, with the the big diesel pipes. We live in the country. We live out in the country where people drive them big old trucks. And now we got the train. But I didn't know if it was the liver 
that caused me to sleep so good or just the idea of the liver, but I think my body was needing the nutrients. And when you give it that, it does what it's supposed to. Yeah. And I know it's the same, you know, it feels like a positive effect when, you know, after you eat liver, you just seem to just cruise through sleep. It's crazy. And I don't know, you know, if everybody has that experience and I'm not going to say everybody needs to eat organ meats and I'm not going to say you don't have to eat organ meats. I don't know. You're all different. (laughs) You're all different than me. (laughs) So it works if I think, you know, at least once every few weeks we have liver. I'd like to try to have it once a week. Now that I've found a source for it, which I just found some organic beef liver frozen at natural grocers. And it's, you know, it's not that far away. I And it's frozen, so easy. And I'm going to try to do it at least once a week because I'd, I'd like to see if my body responds differently by having that nutrient-dense of food, you know, at least one, one time per week. Yeah. And, and you guys should do that as well. You know, experiment with stuff. And if you have experiences with a positive or negative, let us know and see, uh, you know, how it makes you feel. Let us know because we use that information to share with other people. Because like Melody said, everybody's different. I mean, your age, your gender, your your background, um, what you've what you've eaten your entire life, how you've been eating, all the all those things uh, come into play when you're trying to really uh, focus in on somebody's health. It's it's difficult to do, and as a health coach, we've experienced that. And we, we really understand how, how different foods affect people differently and how you can't use that uh, just that one thing for everybody. It doesn't work that way. Right. And, you know, and, and what we'll say for food just at the very base of it is how you're digesting it. You can do all this stuff. You can do all these different tricks of adding liver, doing this, taking out dairy, It matters how you're digesting. So if you work with anyone on your health and they're not focusing first on making sure that you're digesting your food appropriately, then everything you do from there isn't going to really matter anyway. Correct. That's absolutely 100%. You got to digest your food because then it doesn't matter what you eat. Right. You can eat cardboard. You can eat cardboard. Um, or be like those models who ate cu- cotton, ate cotton. <laughs> when they got hungry. Oh my gosh, that's sad. It's so terrible. All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up our, our rants and information for the week. Right. And if you're going to look something up on the internet, go duck, duck, go. Duck, duck, go. Don't. It's not worth a Google anymore. That's it's what it not is. worth a Google. No. I want to say, I always want to say duck, duck, goose. But <laughs> at first when I read it, I thought that's what they were saying. Yeah. My brain saw Duck, Duck, Goose. And I was like, what the hell are all these people talking about playing Duck, Duck, uh, Goose? You know, it's information on the interwebs. I know. All right. Well, hey, we hope everybody has a great week. We know we will. We appreciate you guys listening. Go out there, eat fat, and prosper. Thanks for listening to The Tactical Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to vtkquestions at gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.